Hello and welcome to the woodshed. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, and I'm uh, I'm in the closet again. <laughs> it's just sort of fun to say, I guess. I keep saying it. I'm sorry. I keep repeating about it. Whatever. But welcome to the woodshed. I'm recording this on a Wednesday. You're listening to it whenever you are. It's kind of great. I love that about podcasting. Um, back when I did live radio, I was on the radio Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 p.m., and that's just what it was. It, it wasn't like, a, I'll record this for later type of thing. <laughs> now it is, I think. Well, whatever. It's um, great to be here, and uh, I've got a really cool guest lined up for today. He, his name is Wiley Gustafson, and he's in a band that I started, or I was introduced to in the early to mid '90s, called Wiley and the Wild West Show. Uh, it's a big deal for me. I, it's it's cool, and I can't wait to talk to him. He just called a little bit ago. He's like, "Hey, how long is this going to take?" I said, "35, 40 minutes or so." And he's like, "All right, cool. I got a guy coming over to buy a horse." That's how you know you're talking to a guy in Montana. Just so you know. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty. I'm very excited about it. He's. Um, He's someone that, like I said, I've, I was introduced to his music in about 94, um, and he's been doing this band, the same band, since about 1988. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been a ride for him. So I'm, I'm excited to talk to him, learn a little bit more about him, and uh, sounds like a nice guy. A lot of his music is so much fun, and I'm, I'm here for the, uh, the fun stuff, if you know what I'm saying, like the fun a great kind of kind of corny entertainer guy, you know, like that's me in a nutshell. I'm a I'm a cheese wagon. It's okay. But you know if that works and people like it, more power to you. And I'm here for it. So I'm like I told Suzette I was like, "Look, here's the day. Here's the deal, wife. Are you ready for the deal?" Cuz that's what I say. I say, "Here's the deal. Are you ready for the deal?" Um uh, if if Wiley and the Wild West show place somewhere nearby like Grants Pass would probably have them. That would be a like the Rogue Theater. That would be a place for them to play um, around here or down in Reading or something. Then I'm going. We're going to go and uh, see these guys live because their live videos are a lot of fun. I'll, I'll post the YouTube links in the show notes. And I've been sending, sending live video, uh, recorded video um, or of their live shows to friends of mine, <laughs> like, hey, I'm interviewing this guy. Check out the song; it's great. Um, but yeah, cool stuff. Lots of fun. And of course, you know, like I'm gonna ask you for the same thing: ratings, reviews, and shares. Give me the RRS, would you? Would you just grab the link and just send it? Um, best way to do it is Spotify, because Spotify you can send to anyone. Um, doesn't matter if they're an Apple person or an Android person or they don't have a cell phone. They, you can email it to them. They can pull it up on a web browser. It's easy. Um, Spotify seems to be the easiest way to, to send the podcast. I send both sometimes, kind of depending on who I'm talking to. Um, but I like my friend Kevin, he doesn't use Spotify, and he's an Apple guy. So I just send him the uh, Apple podcast link when I want him to hear the show. I'm selective with what I send them. And my parents, I send them the Spotify link. They're Android users. So see how easy that is? You know, you just grab it and send it along. Like, just do that thing for me. And, like, uh, write write a review and leave it a little star. Like, five of them. I need that. I need that from you. Um, I'm here to ask you. For... <laughs> I haven't heard that. That's like a uh, Bernie Sanders thing to say. Um, I'm here again to ask you. And then whatever. But, yeah. I'm not going to do that. 
I just did it. But anyway, thank you to the sponsors, uh, Outsider Coffee, with two locations here in Southern Oregon. Um, also on the World Wide Web at Outsider.coffee. So you can buy a bag of coffee, grind it up, put it in your coffee maker, and have some good coffee. I personally like their Dynamo in my drip. It's good. So get some of that. And uh, Rogue Valley DJs here in Southern Oregon, if you're looking for a DJ for an event, uh, you can contact them. It's easy. It's uh, Gary at RogueValleyDJs.com, and he'll get you lined up. Could be me. Uh, could be someone else. You can ask for me if you holler at Gary. I'm like, hey, I need DJ Opie, a.k.a. Travis Hinman, to do my thing. And he'll say, all right, cool. What's the date? What do you got in mind? What do you need? What is the event? You know, blah, 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 blah. Easy. A look design, you know, uh, they do my logo stuff. Anytime I ask for it, they just do it. It's great. They've done a few things for me. And uh, every time it's good, it's really, really good. So if you're looking for some design work, a look design, you can find them on the internet or on the show notes. Just copy and paste the link or click it if it works that way for you. I've discovered it kind of works both ways. Like sometimes it's a link and sometimes you need to copy and paste it on the show notes. So just grab it however it is and check them out. They do great work, easy to work with, pretty fast turnaround. Usually it's within a couple of days. And they'll even tell you, like, this image is good for printing T-shirts, whatever it is. This is a good Facebook banner, you know, rah, rah, rah. So they're good at all that stuff. Hit them up, a look design. Moxley Media with my Welcome to the Woodshed T-shirts. Uh, you can buy a T-shirt and um, do... Uh, you know, do it by clicking the show links, uh, uh, show note links, and grab a T-shirt from Welcome to the Woodshed, stuff like that. Um, also, Paul Bunny Beard Gang, just cool T-shirt print guy that does like a specific design. It, he doesn't do other designs; he does his design, and it's uh, kind of like Beardy Guy stuff. And if you're a fan of Beardy Guys and you want to be like a supporter of the beard movement, if that's such a thing, then yeah, do it. Do the thing with the stuff. That's what I've always said. Um, anyway, let's get him on the podcast. I'm excited about Wiley Gustafson from Wiley and the Wild West Show. Here we go. When I'm feeling like I just don't want to deal with the world today, I go down to the woodshed where all we do is pick and play. Play a song for the underdogs and the happy-going-lucky Play a song for the Californios and East Kentucky And when I'm feeling like I just don't want to deal with the world today I go down to the woodshed where all we do is pick and play I go down to the woodshed where I would do is pick and play. Wiley. How are you doing? Man, I'm so good. There should be two of me. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Yeah, we, uh, we're having a beautiful spring here in northern Montana. And, Mon- uh, Montana's yeah, a beautiful right in the place. Middle of- Oh, go right, ahead, sorry. right. Sorry about that. We're right in the middle of foaling season with okay. the horses and calving with the with the cattle. So uh, it's busy time for us. I get it. Thank you so much for spending time on on this with me. I really appreciate it. 
Um, and I like to say, welcome to the woodshed. <laughs> yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> I have to tell you um, that I was introduced to your music back in about 1994 when I was DJing at a country bar here in Southern Oregon. And um, it, the single that was sent to me was um, Hey Maria. And immediately was like, okay, this is uh, this is really fun. Redheaded Buddy Holly looking guy uh, playing an incredible bass. So it it was a lot of fun. And then of course, you know, you since then you've released a million and a half records. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think we're up to twenty three now. That's so. incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's you know it. And people will be like, well, it's country. Well, it's cowboy music, actually. Like, let's let's go ahead and settle that a little bit. You know, my, in yeah. my opinion, in my opinion. Yeah. No, we're trying to put the western back in in country. But you know, I love the the country shuffles, the West Coast swing type of stuff. Okay. So you know, we'll throw a little bit of that in every once in a while. And we, we try to be elusive in terms of having people peg exactly what we are. So we, we don't want anybody to, to uh, sum us up in, in a two, two words or, you know, or, or yeah. So we, uh, we, 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 we borrow from, you know, traditional country and then make sure we keep it Western. I, I have dived into some of the uh, videos, like your live show videos on YouTube, and I, I'm telling you, if you come within a couple, uh, like a couple hundred miles or maybe a couple hour drive, where my wife and I are showing up to the show and we're gonna have a good time. I'm so in. So I'll just be watching Great. your tour page. You know, I know you've got yep. uh, you got one in Portland that's a private show. Otherwise, I might crash it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come crash the wedding. The yeah. the Hood River, the Hood River, beautiful part of Oregon. Um, you you've played out here, you know, a handful of times, right? Yeah, we have. Yeah, and uh, you know, used to live in Eastern Washington and and uh, played the West Coast quite a bit. Okay, and uh, lo always loved the Portland area, and. Uh, you know, West Western Oregon, they just seem to have really good taste in music, um, and uh, we always had fun playing there. Well, I, the place I worked at was in Medford, Oregon, so uh, Southern Oregon, closer to the California border, about thirty miles. Oh, sure. And it was called Rock and Rodeo, and I I, I started there in about ninety one, and I was there until we closed. Oh, except for the the two month, um, I call it vacation in Vegas when I went down to to DJ at uh, Dylan's right right on uh, Boulder Highway across from Sam's Town, and I didn't like it, so I came right back. <laughs> Vegas is <laughs> yeah, not we, for me. <laughs> we used to uh, do cutting horse shows down in Medford, Oregon, when oh. I lived in Washington. So, yeah, yep, that's okay. a beautiful area. So yeah. you've probably been to the expo in Central Point. Yeah, um, yeah, and there, it was actually a ranch cutting. Forget what the name of the ranch. It was it was twenty five years ago or so. Okay. So, yeah, it's probably still there. You know, Jim Belushi lives out here part time, um, and he's he lives in all the cattlemen parts of like Eagle Point, which is it, you know not too far away from Medford, about ten minutes, twenty minutes. And uh, it's funny because he's out there growing marijuana, but he's the cattle guys love him. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and it's big horse country too. There's a lot of horse people that that live around there and uh, you know raise horses. So over in Klamath, there's a cutting group that one of my coworkers is a part of, and he he's been cutting horses. He's probably just a couple years older than me. I'm in my early fifties, about nine years younger than you, according to. Uh, the internet 
And right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's accurate. Okay, cool, awesome. And um, yeah, he's I man, you put me on a horse and I'm lost. You know, I like looking at him, but I'm not good on on a horse. Uh, horse. I'm more of a tractor guy. You know, like I can manage a small tractor and be just fine. And you need those yeah. guys too. You know, you need the guy that can sit on a tractor. No, I agree. You know, and I I was raised in a horse culture, you know, so it's a lot easier, I think, if you were raised around horses. And, you know, it just be, it's always been a part of me since I I can remember, uh, you know, we I, we were riding horses at, when we were four and five years old and, uh, you know, didn't stop. So, well, let's get into the questions and answers. Sure. OK, I like it. And, man, I'll I'll uh, I'll tell you that. It seems as though um, getting on the Conan O'Brien show is the stepping stone to coming to Welcome to the Woodshed. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Conan, Conan O'Brien was great. He was one of the most gracious uh, TV hosts awesome. I've ever been around. He, he, uh, and he had a great sense of humor. You know, he, he's kind of funny and sarcastic when, when the cameras are rolling, but then when the cameras go off, he's a super, super nice guy. You know, it's. It, I'm also slightly redheaded. I my my beard was red, and now it is white, like Santa. So, um, we're we're all in the same family. You know, you Conan, myself, right? We're all a part of yeah. that ginger posse. Anyway, um, I want you to know that this podcast is something I take very seriously. So, I'm my first question for you is, how do you eat your string cheese? Do you pull it apart, or do you just bite into it? You know, uh, I'm not much of a string cheese fan unless <laughs> unless they put it on a pizza or something okay. like that. But uh, yeah, w- when I was a kid, I just bit right into it, you know. But yeah, n- now now we we uh, we're, I'm into Swiss cheese, so that's oh. my favorite cheese. Yeah. Swiss cheese. Okay, here's a th- I just want you to know um, that I'm a risk taker sometimes, right? Like especially with um, with uh, constructing flavor in the kitchen. Um, Swiss cheese is incredible on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know, I've never tried that, but, uh, yeah, well, I can I, see that it works. You know, I challenge Swiss you. Swiss cheese goes with a lot of things. It does. And I challenge you to try it and then report back. <laughs> okay. I will right. do that. Yeah. And My then, wife will look at me kind of weird. Kind of weird. Try. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Um, and then the next ultra serious question is how many, about how many five-year-olds would it take to beat you up? <laughs> you know, I have a five-year-old, and uh, he gets the best of me sometimes, uh, all by himself. So, and it's especially psychologically, he can beat me up pretty easy. So, I've got a ten-month-old yeah. that owns me, so I'm I'm in that same boat, um, but younger. <laughs> and I got to chase her because she's crawling now and teething like crazy, and and her name is Sonnet. And I felt that that was uh, reflective of my my career as a DJ for the past million and a half years. But um, in, in speaking of recording, like when did you actually start recording Wiley yeah, and the Wild West show? Uh, so we started, we went into the studio, in, I think, 1989 to record and um, had our first uh, few like professional recordings we did in 1990 and 1991. Okay. And then, yeah. and then all of a sudden I'm DJing in a country bar and Hey Maria shows up in my hands. They, you were being distributed uh, by a thing in Nashville, a company called Country Club Enterprises that sent music to nightclub DJs doing country bars, right? DJing in country bars. And that's how I and that's how I was introduced to you. It was a CD single of Hey Maria. And um 
and we didn't get the whole record <laughs> back then. We just got that single. So it was a lot of fun. Um, and I, you play bass guitar. Do you, do you play anything else? Yeah, actually I play, uh, six string guitar. Now I have a Gretsch guitar that I play and, uh, I always, I found it hard to find, um, you know, uh, Bass players are e easier to kind of plug in uh, when we're shuffling musicians around. So I thought I'll just play guitar, and uh, you know it just seems to work better to to uh, if you're looking for uh, a musician that um, you need to plug in at some point. Bass players are always easier, so I, I moved to guitar, and I love playing guitar. Um, I started playing guitar when I was 12 or 13 and then my brother needed a cheap bass player. So that's what moved me to bass, <laughs> but I've always had a love for guitar, but I love playing bass too. You know, I played bass for 20 years with Wiley in the wild west. Okay. And um, yeah. And I had a lot of fun doing it, you know, and there's not many vocalist uh, bass players, you know, uh, there's a few of us, you know, Paul McCartney and sting and a few others, but um, you know, it's kind of hard. Uh, it takes a lot of time to develop playing bass and then being able to sing loosely around the bass. It's a weird deal. I've, I've always felt that the bass guy was sort of quiet in the corner. Right. right? Like he's yeah. there, but he's sort of like the lead singers, maybe often the lead guitarist or maybe not playing an instrument at all. But, yeah. You know, <laughs> and then you have even less lead singers on drums. You know, you've got the, you know, you've got Phil Collins and other guys, but not nearly as much. Right. Yeah. No, it is. It's it's um, I think it's because singing and keeping a, a steady rhythm is really difficult to do, you know, because you want to sing loose. You want to sing around the beats mm. and uh, play your instrument right on the beat. And with drums and bass, it, it, it takes a lot of time to d develop that. I can count beats per minute just by hearing the song. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's yeah. I'm it's not a joke. I I'm hearing, like if I'm listening to music, I'm listening for key clash and beats per minute, and I'm like, okay, that would mix with this, or that would go here, and you know, I still DJ weddings, but I'm not doing nightclubs anymore. I'm a little I'm a little over that lifestyle, but the the weddings are a lot of fun. As so is a hundred is hundred and twenty beats per minute still the the great dance beat? Um. Yes and no. I mean, 120 beats per minute is going to be like um, Usher's DJ's Got Us Fallen in Love and anything Pitbull and Kesha, you know, that sort. And country music, you know, like, um, gosh, there are so many Brooks and Dunn songs done around that range. Like My Maria is like 126. Right. Um, I that's a, that's a song I could play just about anywhere. But then you've got, you've got, um, uh, and it's you can't get it anywhere. If you don't have anything Garth Brooks, you're not buying it on iTunes or hearing it on Spotify. Um, but Friends in Low Places is not. It's like maybe 68 beats per minute. It, right. But it doesn't matter. There's a tempo in the in the fact that everyone knows the song, you know. So you can right. play it anywhere. And I can it's play, a sing along. It's a yeah. sing along or a long a sing is like what I like to call that. Um, <laughs> we uh, we all know where Wiley came from. That's your name. But what where, where did you come up with the Wild West name? So um, I, I like alliterations, you know, um, and I thought Wiley in the Wild West sounded cool. Um, and I also liked the fact that the Wild West shows, um, you know, back in the the Buffalo Bill Cody era, they were the form of entertainment that traveled around the country. And um, and I thought, well, you know, we're we're kind of a a new form of entertainment that travels around the country. So com compared to the late 1800s. 
It's a lot of fun. And specifically Buffalo Gals, that video that you have. Oh, I was going to tell you that my mom commented on your bass guitar. It looks like you've got tooled leather on the front of that thing, and it is just gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, it, oh, my goodness. It was, it was uh, we did, uh, I think we did a few tours in Australia. I think like on my second tour, I had, a, there's a great guitar maker there. Um, and he made it for me and did the carve the letter. Uh, Alan Tompkins is his name. And um, uh, his guitars are getting more and more popular over here in America. Okay. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's just like, I don't play anything. Um, but I would totally hang that on my wall and admire it. <laughs> you know, it's beautiful. Um, yep. Still you know, have it. I'm sure yeah. you've played a lot of shows over the years. You know, you you. this is what you do for a living uh, other than being a cowboy, right? Right. Yeah. That's how I make my living really. And then spend it all on horses. Yeah. You're like the Chris Ledoux of Montana. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of respect for Chris Ledoux because he, he never got away from the Western lifestyle and, uh, you know, went and did his music thing. And But he was always happy to come home and be a cowboy. I got to introduce him on stage here in Jackson County a long time ago, obviously, because rest in peace. But um, I was just starting in radio. I was the part time guy. Everyone knows me as Opie. That's my nickname. And um, I was I just started working at our heritage country station, KRWQ. And, they, you know, you're on stage and everyone is before me, the morning show, the midday person, the drive home person, the night primetime night person. And then finally I get the mic and all I say is, I'm Opie, God bless Chris Ledoux. And the whole place just lights up, man. And then I'm walking <laughs> off stage and I'm getting all these high fives from everybody. And then they show up to the rock and rodeo where Ned proceeds to break my maracas. And cause it's just, you know, it's just a wild and fun place. And, and he breaks my maracas and then, then, and I'm like, no big deal, dude. We're having a great time. Whatever you're Ned Ledoux, like cool. And uh, also, I, I swear my hand is still broken from the handshake I got from Chris Ledoux. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, yeah. anyway, I show up to work the next day and there's a bag in my DJ booth with two brand new maracas in it. So, I, you know, yeah. just good people all around. But he was that kind of guy. Yeah. Getting yeah. back so. to it. Um, do you have any like, is there a specific moment on stage that you still are like, man, that was my favorite time. That was one of my favorite shows. You know, but the, uh, we just got done doing the Opry uh, in Nashville. And, and in terms of, like, my favorite stage to play on, that that is, you know, it, it, nothing can beat the Grand Ole Opry. Mm. And the crowd is, always has a great reaction there. And, uh, you know, it's it's just, it's a wonderful moment. And um, I think we've, we've been on the Grand Ole Opry over 50 times, um, and it never gets old there. And then... You know, less specifically, I just love any time that I from from the stage that I see people smiling and enjoying our our songs. Um, it, you know, that's the ultimate. If they're dancing, smiling, having a good time, to me, that's what music is all about. Mm. And when you can make that happen, it's a uh, it's magical. I want to play straight up country music. And that, that's, you know, that's your song. Um, yes. But can you tell us about the process of, of, you know, writing and recording straight up country music? Sure. And so I told you a little bit earlier that, you know, we're, we're a cowboy band, but I, I love West Coast, the West Coast um, flavor. You know, the Buck Owens, 
uh, Merle Haggard, um, Red Sovine, uh, Wynn Stewart, those guys, they, they, and the shuffles that they, they came up with in the fifties and sixties, I, I still go back to that. Mm. You know, I, I'm, I'm a huge Buck Owens fans and just love, uh, Bakersfield shuffle. So it's kind of a, a Bakersfield shuffle, but, um, you know, in, in the lyrically, the thought behind it is, uh, you know, if, when I listen to country music nowadays, um, I, I can last maybe five seconds okay. and I have to turn it off. <laughs> and if I watch the country music awards, it's less than that. You know, mm. I, I just, it's something that is alien to me because they don't sing about the country anymore. It's mm. gotten so far away from the, the Carter family and, um, you know, some of the early art country artists that define country, you know, uh, that sang about the country that sang about the lifestyle. And so being, an artist that lives on a ranch and around farmers and ranchers, it's really important for me to, um, you know, at least sing about the lifestyle, um, and, and, uh, reflect the lifestyle and reflect the music that I guess I grew up with in the fifties and sixties. Um, you know, and there's the, the, uh, the second verse to this song is about, how I got turned on to country music, which was listening to my dad in the family living room. He had an old Martin guitar and uh, he'd get, get it out. Usually we'd watch the Lawrence Welk show, turn it off. And then dad would get his guitar uh, and we'd all sit around and listen to him. And that's one of them, probably the most, the biggest influence on me musically was just listening to my dad play these great old songs mm. in the living room. And he had a very eclectic taste in music. He did quirky old folk songs and songs that, um, you know, you'd never heard before. And then he also liked uh, a few of the pop artists from the day, Burl Ives and uh, Jim Reeves and guys like that. So he'd had a few of those songs in his repertoire, but a lot of the songs were just kooky old folk songs. Um, so anyway, I have a lot of good memories about that. And that's another thing that is reflected in this song is the old style of country music. Well, let's play straight up country music. Just give me that old school bar stool, straight up country music. A little Bakersfield backbeat, that's what I like. jukebox 
Wiley, I, I want to know because this is a a guy that I that I've played uh, and I've listened to, and I know exactly where I was in Wyoming when he passed away. But how did you um, how did you get Merle Haggard to work with you on Ugly Girl Blues, which is a fantastic song, by the way? Uh, um, so you talked about Hey Maria, and we had that out on country music television, and it actually got up into heavy rotation i think at one point and so because of the success on country music tv we got booked into the sahara hotel in las vegas uh-huh. during national finals rodeo week mm. opening for merle haggard and um it was a wonderful time it was a 10-day run so every night we'd open for merle i think we did two shows a night so we got to know merle and his band really well and you're I was, you know, you're always a little worried about meeting your heroes. I mean, Merle mm. was is one of my heroes because he he was West Coast and he he didn't, you know, he never called himself Nashville. He was always, you know, West Coast Merle. And um, so I just loved him and what he stood for, and as a songwriter, as a vocalist. Um, but like I say, you're you're always worried about meeting your heroes. So what I can tell you is Merle was a perfect gentleman, a really nice guy. He kind of took us under his wing and was really nice to us. And at the end of that run, he said, you know, uh, I have a brand new studio that I built up in my ranch in Reading. Uh, why don't you guys, when you get ready to record uh, your next album, come up there. And I said, well, you know, we're, 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 uh, it, we're wanting to record in a couple months. He said, come on up. So we set it up and we went up there and recorded and he hang, hung around the studio with us. He sang a few songs with us and, um, um, we did a song called ugly girl blues, which is kind of a, a funny song. And he liked it. Um, uh, and 
after he sang it, I said, well, would you be interested in doing a video? Because we had a lot of success on country music television when they were doing 24 hours a day yeah. videos back in the day. And he said, sure. So <laughs> we went up to his ranch uh, uh, a month after we recorded, went back up there and shot a video with Merle Haggard. You know, he was that kind of guy. He liked to help young artists. I mean, we were nobody. Um, and... You know, we had a little bit of radio success, but nobody knew who we were. Um, and he he was happy to help us. I thought that was really cool. And just genuinely a nice guy, um, laid back, uh, had a wonderful wife. Uh, all his band members had been with him a long time because he was, you know, he was the kind of boss that was easy to stick, you know, hang with. And uh, a lot of his guys like Biff, the drummer, were with him for decades, mm. you know, so. Yeah. Are you are you able to talk about Yahoo? Yeah. Are you yep. are you able to do the thing for my audience? Yeah. Okay. Yahoo! There's the thing. Those are the three <laughs> notes that uh, <sighs> uh, in 1996 uh, Yahoo went public. You know, they they went from a private company to a public company, so they put together a advertising campaign and um, they needed a yodeler. And I was doing a bunch of yodeling commercials in Los Angeles, which is where I had lived uh, in the early nineties and late eighties. And um, so I was doing lots of TV commercials for like Miller Lite and Mitsubishi and Porsche and uh, Taco Bell. And so some really <laughs> cool commercials in 1996, uh, when they went public, they said, uh, the, the guys who used me for all the yodeling commercials said, we know the perfect guy. So I flew down from Washington State, which is where I lived at the time, and, and did a commercial for Yahoo. It was supposed to be just a regional commercial for Southern California, mm. and it was, and it had like a six-week run or something. Well, two years after that, I was watching the Super Bowl, and I hear at the end of the Yahoo commercial, I hear my my voice, you know, and uh, so somebody in the, uh, you know, department that uh, ad department thought, oh, I remember that yodel. It was cool. So they put it, you know, it became their audio icon. It was not only at the end of every commercial they did, but pretty soon, like w when you received a Yahoo email, it would be the Yahoo. And, um, you know, it was all <laughs> not only in America, it was worldwide. So, I mean, it took off. So we had to, I had to have some discussions with them about being, uh, you know, treated, treated, uh, fairly in terms of royalties and whatnot. Yeah, we came absolutely. To an agreement. And I'm still working for him. I just got done working for him two weeks ago. I was down in LA with Yahoo for uh, five days uh, working with them again and um, have been working off and on with them for ever since, um, ever since 2000. Well, if, if Yahoo ever mentions that they, they need a DJ that looks like Santa Claus, you, you know, a guy now. Okay. Okay. Just let me All right. <laughs> let me know. That's yeah. great, though. It's a it's really it's really funny because I'll let you know that I just discovered that fact about you out yesterday, Wiley. Wow. I had yeah. no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, <laughs> did a lot of yodeling stuff back in the day, and uh, you know that one was really good for me. It was. It allowed me. You know, we used to do. We used to be on the road back in the early nineties, mid nineties, like over 200 days a year, we were wow. working hard and that allowed me to back off a little bit and not have to struggle so much. Um, they paid me really well and 
Uh, that's when I started buying cutting horses and built an indoor arena in Eastern Washington and, and started to enjoy life because I didn't have to spend so much time on the road. And so, uh, you know, I love to play music, but after a while, I think we were out five or six years, over 200 days a year. We, I was just kind of burnt out and that came along and kind of allowed me to kind of recharge and, uh, and I made a little bit of money and it was just a more comfortable for me at that point. In the in the 90s, when I worked at the Rock and Rodeo, all of our campaigns, be it TV or radio, ended with Rock and Rodeo, like Garth Brooks. <laughs> I don't know who they got to do it, but it sounded just like Garth Brooks, and it was it was sort of our signature. And sure. I, can, I still hear it in my mind, obviously. And same with the Yahoo thing. When I discovered that, I was like, okay, that makes sense. That totally makes sense to me. And uh, what a really neat thing to be a part of. Where, where were you born? Yeah. I was born in Conrad, Montana, which is where I live now. Oh, okay. uh, so uh, moved back here probably 12 years ago. Uh, my parents were getting old, so I wanted to be around my family. Mm. And uh, and uh, I just love it here and started a family of my own. It's a small town. 2,500 people is the population. It has a great little school. Um, so my kids go to school here. And uh, it's just a, a great little farming and ranching community in northern Montana. What are, what are you uh, close to? That I would know. Great, Great Falls is the airport that I fly out of. Okay. Kalispell, Kalispell. Uh, is straight west of us, and that's another airport I use every once in a while. Yeah. And then Glacier Park, we are, um, we're not, we're half an hour from Glacier Park. Um, it's, um, and it's, it's beautiful. We're in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. Every morning I wake up and look to the west of me and the, the Rocky Mountains are lit up and uh, we're on the high plains. It's, um, it's just a beautiful place to be. That's where it's kind of how I grew up in Colorado. So we yeah. are, we're outside of Colorado Springs in the, in the high desert prairie, basically at 7,000 feet. And there was Pike's peak, you know, every day. So <laughs> I have a buddy yep. in Flathead Lake area and it's, it is a, a goal of mine to get out there and see him. And it's, I know I've been, I've been through there. Uh, last time I was in Montana, it's, it's going to make you mad, but I was there in 1982 uh, headed up to Okotoks outside of Calgary, uh, Alberta, Canada. And what a, sure. the memory still sticks with me being stuck on this road with, with bison staring at us on the side of the road. <laughs> I'll never <laughs> yeah, forget. Yeah, they're still out there. You can still see them. So, yeah, it hasn't changed much out here. I mean, it's getting a little more crowded now. Montana's all of a sudden become a popular place because of Yellowstone. And it uh, seems like we're getting a, quite a few people moving out here. But the it, we're still you know, fourth largest state and the population is just over a million people. So there's still a lot of wide open spaces here. There's more than a million people in the city that I was born in, but it's like, it's like, it's funny because actually the population of Kansas city, Missouri, where I was born is actually less than Portland, Oregon. Um, but if you add Kansas city, Kansas and everything around all of that, it's 2.2 million people which you'd never know. And Lincoln, like Lincoln, Nebraska, I have family all over that part of the country. All the flyover states are like, that's where my heart kind of still lives. And Lincoln's only like 200,000 people. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's traffic sucks out. I'm like, it's nothing. It's, it's literally yeah. nothing. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, what, what's your favorite state to play in when you know you're, you're on tour and you're coming up to a place, is there a state besides like, obviously, you know, Nashville area that's grabbing at you? Yeah, you know, obviously the home states. I mean, we're 
we have a great following in our home state of Montana. But actually, any the Northwest, you know, Washington State was really, really good to us. And like uh, the Tractor Tavern in Seattle, um, we used to play there all the time and developed quite a following in the Seattle area. And whether it was the Tractor or a festival around there, um, that seemed to be pretty uh, a special place. So, um, and um, any, like, Wyoming, Idaho, when we play there, uh, the the ranch crowd comes out, which is kind of nice because um, they can they can kind of relate to our music. And mm. it's always good to play to the ranch families and whatnot. But if we go to Seattle, the Tractor Tavern, it's a totally different audience. You know, it's an audience that's just looking for something different. That's the other thing I liked about Seattle. They were kind of the Austin, Texas of the Northwest. Ah. And um, they just wanted to hear good music. They didn't care what it was. And uh, but they had a true appreciation for traditional American music, which we borrow a lot from, uh, you know, when I write and when we perform, um, you can hear that traditional uh, influence in our music. I want to play um, Dry Country Farm next, and I, I'll let you know, I, I watched the video, and you, you just have a lot of fun doing your videos. I do. I do. I, you know, and it's funny, my 15-year-old my son helped me shoot that video, So, uh, and we did it on iPhones, but it, it turned out pretty good. And, uh, yeah, Dryland Farm, um, you know, it's, it's uh, a song that is so true because we have We've had two years of drought up here in northern Montana. Mm. And uh, about the time I got ready to record the album, I thought, you know, this is a good time to do Dry Land Farm. And it talks about our lifestyle up here in, in northern Montana. Yeah, it's it's a cute video with a couple of kids, and you're, you're dancing around and having a good time. So let's play Dry Land Farm. Over on the county line All the neighboring farms got rain But I never get a drop on mine You might think a little summer breeze Could do nobody harm But it burns like a blazing blowtorch When you're living on a dry land farm When the west wind comes a-blowing Well, the dust comes blowing too I must say a mouthful is more than I can chew. I swallowed a gallon for every acre, and Lord knows how it hurt. But it ain't as bad as the trouble I had breaking up that dry land dirt. Living on a dry land farm, living on a dry land farm. Yeah, things are cool for every fool, but the man on the dry land way in this equally wicked world I'd build a garden of Eden for every boy and girl but I'd take them city dwellers I'd grab them by the arms stick them out in the middle of the desert and make them work on a dry land farm living on a dry land farm living on a dry land farm yeah things are cool for every fool but the man on the dry land Yeah, I think. 
Wiley, how how would your fans describe your live performances? I think that's one of the highlights of, of our music is our live performances. They always say, oh, your performances are better than your recordings. And as a as an artist, I think they should be. You know, I think the the live aspect of a band, I hope that any band I see is better than their recording. And I've always strived to do that. Um, I I don't like to be boring. I don't like to be, um, you know, we always we're pretty active on stage and uh, I always try to connect with the people somehow and rap between songs, you know, talk to the people a little bit and let them know about me and my lifestyle outside of the music. And people seem to appreciate that. So uh, you'll get to know a little bit more about me in terms of what I'm doing up on my farm and a lot of this music that we do is inspired by my lifestyle here so i usually lead into a song with a little story about it so yeah just before we played dryland farm you you talked about wyoming and wyoming owns a special place in my heart it's just such a neat place and i i don't know if you know this but do, do you know that kanye west owns a ranch there I'm not surprised, you know, there, and a lot of the Hollywood types own, own properties around Jackson hole, but you know, it's, it's Wyoming is another secret place, you know, in terms of being discovered like Montana is, if you do want to get away from things, there is so many beautiful places there, river valleys, uh, lakes, whatever, um, where you can have your own little slice of paradise. Yeah, we used to do the, uh, I've been to the Flaming Gorge, obviously been all through um, the Tetons. I stayed at Jenny Lake once in the cabins. It's just really, it's beautiful. I really do like, and I'm not kidding, I know exactly where I was. I was on I-80 in Wyoming not too far away from Little America. You know, you know Little America before you get yes. to Cheyenne, which is yep. a place that I used to see when I was a kid and go, I'm going to stay there one day. Well, I stayed there one day. <laughs> I finally <laughs> stayed great. there. The, 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 uh, on my way out to Nebraska when my grandfather passed away, I, uh, I met my dad and stepmom in, at, at Little America, and, we, and I stayed there. So I, I lived that part of my dream. I checked it off the bucket list. And there you go. I actually would go back. I really enjoyed it, um, even though we were going there for what we were going there for. One of my favorite moments was crossing the border uh, into Nebraska, and my dad and stepmom and I stopped and, and took a selfie um, in front of the Nebraska state line border sign, and I'm jumping in the air <laughs> as good as I can because I'm not a jumper. I'm a you know chubby 52 year old guy with bad knees, so I can't really jump. But it, it, that's a favorite memory. And then when my uncle passed away in in uh, eastern Nebraska, of course we drive to flyover states. My family. And um, my wife and daughter and I, who was two months old at that point, my daughter, not my wife, but uh, we stopped at every single state sign and took pictures. And we stopped at that same sign. And I, it was like another happy moment uh, on the way of, to doing what we were doing. Um, I uh, Let's see. We already talked. There were a bunch of questions I, I had written down, but you've already given the answers to. Um, <laughs> so I want to issue, issue you a challenge, Wiley. Sure. Okay. The next time you hear a song that's that's got the word love in it, like I feel like making love, something like that, I want you to change the word to lunch. Okay. I feel like okay. making lunch. You can do it, Wiley. I believe in you. I believe in you. Um, 
<laughs> well, the next, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I, the song that popped into my head was Buck Owens' Love's Gonna Live Here Again. Lunch, Lunch is, is Gonna Live Here Again. <laughs> I also did notice in uh, in a couple of your videos that you definitely have the Dwight Yoakam shuffle dance um, down, which is something that it takes a, a really... It's a really neat thing that I wish I could do, but I, and I'm a pretty okay dancer. I know how to two-step. I know how to cha-cha. I know how to swing, but I can't get that Dwight Yoakam shuffle dance, Wiley, and you got it. Well, thanks. Yeah, I've always loved artists. It started from Elvis. I just loved watching Elvis when I was a kid. Um, and, you know, or Fred Astaire. Anybody mm. that moved gracefully up on stage um and and then uh, of course dwight I, I just like artists that give a little something visual besides the music <laughs> yeah absolutely um where can my audience connect with you you know our website is wileywebsite.com so just do a yahoo search or a google search for uh wiley in the wild west and we should pop up and uh we have a tour our tour dates there um and uh, that's probably the easiest place to find us. Yeah, and we have a Facebook page, too, so you can always, if you're into Facebook, uh, do a search there. I'll go ahead and grab those links and throw them in the show notes. Uh, I really appreciate your time with me, Wiley. Uh, this was really fun. Um, thank you so much. And uh, thank you, Travis, for supporting uh, our type of music. And uh, you have great playlists. Uh, let's keep up the good work. I appreciate it. Wiley, keep a smile on your face, and we'll see you down the trail. All right. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. This is just, I just, I can't. I just can't get over how fun this is, especially with guys like Wiley. So again, you know, I'll ask you for the same thing. Just go ahead and, and click the links and, and get into his music. If, even if you're maybe not like, you're like, okay, I don't really care for this kind of music. Just check them out. You never know. You might find it entertaining. And the, the live performance videos that I watch on YouTube are just so much fun. So step outside of yourself a little bit, or if you're like me and you just like Western or country music, Get into it, you know, check it out. Uh, Wiley was great. That was a fun time. And uh, can't wait to maybe do another one with him down the road. So we'll just have to see. Anyway, thank you to the sponsors. Uh, of course, Outsider Coffee, uh, A Look Design, Rogue Valley DJs, a Paul Bunyan Beard Gang, and, of course, Moxley Media. See you all next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>